Today's episode is brought to you by Monster. Visit monster.com slash hiring to find employees who work as hard as you do and save 25% or more for a limited time. Monster, find better. And by ShipStation. Selling online has never been easier. Try ShipStation free for 30 days by going to ShipStation.com and get an additional month free when you use offer code GIRLBOSS. GIRLBOSS Radio is also sponsored by Squarespace. Start building your website today at Squarespace.com. Enter offer code GIRLBOSS at checkout to get 10% off. Hi and welcome to another episode of Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder of NastyGal.com, the author of Girl Boss, and the soon-to-be author of Nasty Galaxy, which you can pre-order now on Amazon. On each episode, I invite a different woman onto the show to trace the steps she took to creating her own future, becoming the boss of her own life, what she learned, and what we can learn from her story. Today's guest is Run the Runway co-founder and CEO Jen Hyman. But first, Liz Carey's back. She's an actor, comedian, and one of my best friends. You can find her at the Liz Carey on Instagram, and we'll be talking about the highs and lows, mostly lows, of our weeks, <laughs> and of course, our girl boss moments. Liz, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, what are you wearing? It's not Easter anymore. You know, like this, it's 187 degrees in here, and yeah. it's 184 I outside. Know. Well, there's Pinkberry coming. That should you don't cool. Like this? That should cool your pits. I like it. She's giving it a dirty it's look. It's cute. My favorite minute this week was, no, I was going out last week and I sent, I already told her the effing dress I was going to wear. And I go, what bag looks cuter? No, no. I can recall the entire conversation. She goes, I don't you know said- that dress is a little poofy. <laughs> no, I will return to the conversation. You need to actually read the words oh, that you here we go. use. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. This is what it this says. This is called a girl moth argument. <laughs> okay. Where is your fucking... It's because we text 187 times a day. You'll never find it. The point is, I told you I was going to wear that red dress. Get a headshot of some guy. Hmm. Ooh, what? Who's this guy? Shush your hole right now. (laughs) Who's that guy? Hey! One of many. Stop (laughs) it. We don't know. We don't know. Stop. So she says, clutch. Sorry, I'm annoying. I wrote black clutch. Not big black? Okay. Copy, thanks. I'm wearing holy tights. (laughs) Fuck me. Do I look okay? (laughs) With like a unsure emoji. Do I look okay was your question. Not does it look okay. And I wrote, I don't know. The dress is too, too, too. And then I she, told you I like, was picking up that red dress from the ruby. She, she gets all mad. Oh, well, he's here. Er, shit. And I wrote, oh, then don't ask. And she wrote, I meant about the bag. It's okay. XX. I showed you dress earlier. Oh, well. I told you. That's I was a wearing, broad question. I told you I was wearing that red dress. The red dress was never part of the equation. Whatever. I'm leaving this podcast. It's fucking hot in no! here. No! Stay! Put no. your dumb red dress on, you big poof ball! Oh my god, just eat pee baby with me. Can they bring it in here and smother yes, it on it's us? it's gonna come in here. Holly will bring it in. <laughs> What'd you do all week? You texted me a picture of you and Wiz Khalifa. Oh yeah, yeah. Wizzy and me, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Wizzy. Wizzy. That's like the Wizzy worst. Wizzy and Lizzy. The worst nickname ever. So no, he's hot. so cute. It's, he's really cute. And he was just super cool. He had like an Instagram face. Yeah. He kind of posed a little bit. Yeah. That's it. That's, that was it. That was, that's that's it. what you took away from that conference was you met Wiz Khalifa. I also went in a helicopter. I love helicopters. Over I don't understand Laguna why we don't. Beach and stuff. I but I but I smuggled a bottle of wine into the helicopter just to have my own personal experience of The Bachelor. But I'm not on a date, which is even better. Did you get a rose? No, but I smell like roses. Roses really <laughs> smell like poo. Oh my God. <laughs> Nobody remembers that song. Yes, they do. Everyone who listens to this is like, 
Okay, stop waving your I paper can't. around. It's so noisy. Did you see a bison on sunset? What the fuck? I did. He was a stuffed bison, okay? But like yes. real with real fur? I don't know where he was going. I Have you ever had bison? If, if, sorry, it's vegetarians, a, plug your ears. It's delicious. Yeah, it's really lean. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a buffalo burger? No. I'm going to um, go to New York next week. Oh, am I coming with? Nope. Well, I'm going to Boston on Friday. I speak at a conference, and then I'm going to New York like for a few days. I feel like I should come to New York with you. Oh, yeah. You can just get in my luggage. In we my all know there's no extra room in your pet luggage. Pet bison and check him. But I have some interesting meetings. I'm very yeah? excited. Yeah. Lots Secret? Of Secret weird meeting? shit. I'm drumming up. I'm just spinning plates on my nose like some kind of crazy snake charmer. That's my life. You should be a snake charmer. I am. I may just Everyone is a snake, and I charm them. <laughs> my god liz yeah what was your girl boss moment this week do you have any i had a really tough parenting moment is that a moment that's that yeah totally my little dude his cousins live in london and he only gets to see him once a year and he's a tough kid he's not a crier he's not a whiner and he really had a hard time there's no guidebook when you're a parent. There's he like, just missed his cousins? Yeah. I don't want to embarrass him. Well, when you're an only child, yeah. it's like, oh, my God. There's, like, fun all the time when other kids are around. And yeah. And they go away, and he's like. And we skipped school yesterday, and we went to Supreme, and we went skating. Oh and we did God. all this stuff. And last night, you know, when you're pretending to not cry, and I could see these big crocodile tears coming, and then he went to take a shower, and I heard him. I feel like I'm embarrassing him, but chances of a 10-year-old boy listening to this are pretty slim, I think. But yeah, there's no book on how to handle anything, and sometimes you're just like, am I doing this right? I don't know. So I think like you're doing it pretty well. <clears throat> Thank that's, you. That's fine. Sorry. What was my girl boss moment? Mm, I guess it was like knowing when to leave, you know, this party last night. Oh, God. At this conference. Went to like 1 a.m. We're the worst at that, you and I. It's time to go sleep in my own bed. I'm going to be a party pooper. This isn't going to be fun. I could stick around and see Snoop Dogg and Steve Aoki. But Best yeah, show. knowing when to leave is definitely a girl boss moment oh, for any of you us. You and I never know when like to leave. being proud of running home to your bed and being like, I have two I'm speeds. Important. Yeah, two speeds. We both have two Liz speeds. Liz has a theory that she and I both just On have or off. Two speeds, on or off. 100 miles an hour or dead. Yeah, it's either like in the granny onesies or, hey, that's an open bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to stand on top of the booth in the club. Yeah. Hey, I know how to DJ a little bit. Scooch uh, yeah. over. <laughs> Wait, are you 18? I belong here too, right? I can drink out of a bottle. Pop it. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hmm. Every oh. week we ask our listeners to tweet the hashtag girlboss moment to us or to send just, us ice cream or send us some pink berry to us to tell us the time in their week in your week when you felt like you were the boss of your own life and for me it was knowing when to leave the party for liz it was a lesson with her son that made her hopefully a better mom so it couldn't be giving yourself a bubble bath it can be starting your business so we're going to read some of your girlboss moments so and be sure to tweet in and instagram in next week so we can read yours in the future liz you want to start here we go grace kirkpatrick g kirkpatrick worked 45 hours last week taking 18 credits got my ass to yoga three times and only cried once (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing i cried 18 times so Mm -hmm. congrats on your 18 credits wow ariel boardman says i'm launching my company tonight super excited slash nervous at it's me ariel b Congratulations. Yeah, what kind of company? Give us more I don't know. We'll have to go look. Everyone will have to go look up. At it's me underscore Ariel B. At Lafatka. 
Just finished working 24 hours at my desk with just a couple of breaks, but I feel relieved I can finally sleep. 24 hours at a desk is a long... That's that's like Dolly Parton working 9 to 5. At Sarah Ann Photo says, that shooting a wedding swag. Yeah, she's a photographer. She's shooting a wedding. I've shot weddings. I got paid $600. Don't brag. To shoot a wedding two different times. I didn't really know what I was doing, but someone believed in me. Kimberly Road at Kimberly Road. Good things to come to those who put on their game faces despite waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Drop the mic. (laughs) Boom. Liz, thanks for being here. See you next week. As small business owners, we work endless hours to pursue our goals. The sunrise is our alarm clock, and what's a lunch break? I don't know. But the thing that makes it all better and the way you can build a bigger company is with an amazing team, teams that work as hard as we do. Monster has 20 years of experience finding the right people for the right jobs. Monster builds custom hiring solutions specific to your small business. Visit monster.com slash hiring to find employees who work as hard as you do and save 25% or more for a limited time. Monster. Find better. All right, on to the interview. Jen Hyman is the co-founder and CEO of the ingenious concept of Rent the Runway. She and her co-founder, Jennifer Fleiss, founded the company while they were still at Harvard Business School in 2009, and now the company has 5.5 million subscribers. Their most recent launch of Unlimited is the first subscription model giving women access to luxury fashion and accessories for a flat monthly fee. Jen has been named Fortune Magazine's Most Powerful Women Entrepreneurs and Fast Company's Most Influential Women in Technology. Hey, Jen. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on Girl Boss Radio. Thanks for being here. I, you know, I know we've been trying to, to make this happen for a little while, and you're in New York. Well, and I want to support your career as a media mogul. I know. what <laughs> Going is, from what? a fashion mogul to a media mogul. I we'll love see. it. A Netflix we'll show, see. a radio station. Let's Thanks. do it. So I just want to start at the beginning because everybody has a first job. And I think it's really interesting kind of like where we get our start. And some of my early jobs are ones that I actually learned a lot from, even if I kind of hated them. Jen, what was your first job? Well, my first real job was I wrote a budget travel guide to Spain. And I went to the east coast of Spain for the summer to Barcelona and all the Balearic Islands and every beach town along the east coast of Spain for 12 weeks by myself at 19 years old. I had $40 a day and I needed to make it work and review every hostel, restaurant, club, museum, etc., in kind of one of the coolest places in the world. And I mean, $40 a day, even at that time, was very light budget. So it was fun. It was kind of like my first experience in sales where I had a press pass. So I would just talk myself into every cool nightclub and Uh I would jump to the front of the line in Ibiza at all of the hottest places. So I like kind of worked it. And it's not hard being an entitled American in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) But it was it was an adventure. It was the first time I was ever by myself. I'm the oldest of four kids and came from a family that was kind of had a hippie vibe where we had an open door policy every day and there were you know dozens of people in my house growing up every day so this was my first experience where I was alone for 12 weeks and I realized I don't like being alone and it's not where I 
am at my happiest. I drive so much energy from being in groups and being part of a team. So what I would do when I was there as a challenge to myself is that I said, every day I have to meet someone who I can invite to dinner because I never want to go to dinner alone. And for 12 weeks, I would just meet random strangers on the street, I mean, in restaurants and invite them to dinner every single night and like push myself completely out of my comfort zone. And this was in the year 1999. So Uh there were no cell phones and obviously no social media. But I wish that like I had a history of everyone I went even a photograph of everyone I I went to dinner with that summer because the whole thing is insane like I can't even believe I did this but there's very scattered kind of reporting about it that's the time to do it I did the same thing when I was 19 and that was 2002 or something and uh, yeah like had no money found people literally on live journal do you know what live journal is no it's like the first blogging platform. It's kind of like the Friendster of WordPresses. Mm. I loved Friendster, by the way. I kind of did too. Let's bring Friendster back. Let's call it Boster or something. Oh my God. You <laughs> just girl Boster. <laughs> Imboster. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. You wrote a travel guide. And what? Where did you publish it? It was published under Let's Go. So it was... Oh. You know, it was a legitimate publisher, and a lot of people used it for their study abroad when they studied abroad in Spain, so I felt very um, special, and it was fantastic. So that was like the first real job that I had, and my second real internship was at CBS News for the summer. This was during college where I really thought that I wanted to be a journalist, hence all of these internships in various different kinds of journalism type things. Why did you not end up being a journalist? The reason I decided to not become a journalist is I was working at CBS News for the two summers after my junior year of college. And I worked there in the summer of 2001. And my last day of working there was September 7th. And I went back to school and the first day of my senior year of college was September 11th, 2001. Mm. And I had just been in the newsroom of CBS News in 60 Minutes for the prior three months. And I knew the stories that were being covered by one of the most supposed hard news organizations in the United States. And it was a lot of things that were going to get a lot of traffic and build a lot of sensationalism, but not things that were going to educate the public in any significant way. So I ended up switching my thesis in college to how these mega merged news organizations actually covered September 11th. And I did Uh, analysis of network news in the three weeks following September 11th and really found that the slashing of budgets and investigative journalism and international bureaus had fundamentally changed the way that the American public learned of this very important event and the information that Mm -hmm. we were given. And I basically became very, very disillusioned. I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, if I'm going to go into a business that's about making money, I don't want that business to be hard news. Because Mm -hmm. I really think that hard news is meant to educate people. If I'm going to make money, let's just go make money. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking a job at the time that I felt like was kind of rebellious. It obviously wasn't because it was still a job. job. But (laughs) I, I took a job at Starwood Hotels because Starwood, after September 11th, had experienced 
mass chaos. No one was traveling. Mm -hmm. Their revenues were down significantly. And I've always been someone who kind of seeked out chaos in my life. I think that in chaos breeds innovation and creativity. And Mm -hmm. I thought this is going to be an environment where I'm going to be allowed to be creative. And that actually proved to be true. And I also really admired the founder of Starwood Hotels, a guy named Barry Sternlich, who had just recently founded W Hotels. And I thought that he was, you know, a visionary guy about trends. I feel like I heard about an experience you had at Starwood where someone told you not to be yourself. Yeah, I was 22 and I was in a meeting and I've always been opinionated and vocal and someone who liked to contribute my ideas and a older woman uh, she was 35 at the time which is my age now so Uh the fact that I thought that she was older makes me really scared Uh but (laughs) an older 35 year old woman grabbed me aside after the meeting and she told me that she just wanted to give me some feedback to help me with my career And the feedback that she had was that I should shut up in meetings Mm -hmm. because I'm a girl and it's not going to give off the right impression to be as vocal and opinionated and that people would further appreciate me if I were just a little bit sweeter in (laughs) meetings and if I participated less and she thought that that would lend itself towards a better career. And I think because I was so young and fresh and naive and didn't know the ways of how to politic at work, I just started hysterically crying. I was just like, I can't believe that she just told me to shut up. Like I'd never been told to shut up in my life before that. And I was seen by a guy who was quite senior in the organization and he took me into his office and he asked me what was going on and I like blurted out to him I was like oh this woman just told me to shut up and never talk in meetings again and you know I should be sweet and and cute every single day and that's how I was going to get promoted and he Uh basically said to me you know Jen you just keep on being you and I'm going to be working for you 10 years from now oh my god is he He's not. (laughs) (laughs) I was like hoping for like a grand reveal. No, No, he's not. But he gave me the confidence to continue being ambitious and pushing, you know, pushing against my ideas. And because of him, I was had the confidence a month later to go pitch the president of Starwood on starting a wedding business. And the hallmark of that business was a honeymoon registry that we launched, the first in the world where men and women could register for components of their honeymoon, like massages and scuba diving and hotel nights instead of pots and pans at Crate and Barrel. Mm -hmm. Because I had Mm -hmm. this thesis in 2002 that we had entered the experience economy. People were getting married later and they were starting to value experiences over owning things. And that that was going to fundamentally change the way that we valued travel. And Mm -hmm. I ended up, because of this guy's confidence in me and his 
networking with the president of Starwood, I was able to get $2 million to start this wedding business. It was later recognized on Oprah as of, as an innovative idea and in the Wall Street Journal. And I, you know, became an entrepreneur at Starwood. Girl boss moment. <laughs> so, you know, Amazing. I'm really, really glad that I didn't temper myself and I didn't like try to not cry in the office or not show my emotions because had I not shown my emotions that day to something that was a really really difficult thing for me to hear and it was wrong for her to say that to me I probably wouldn't be where I am today it probably would have changed the entire trajectory of my career how do you feel about the word sweet I feel that we're all sweet at certain points in time and in Uh certain experiences like you know there are times when I'm mushy gushy sweet you know delicious personality and there are times when I'm tough and there are times when I'm super warm and there are times when I'm super energetic it's like I really hate the labels of what someone's personality is because I think that we are so diverse in what we can be and we're doing all these very interesting, unique things in our lives. Like when I look at my five and a half million women who are members of Rent the Runway, the thing that is unique about their lives is that they're Mm go-getters. They are working, they have families, they have relationships, they're doing things philanthropically in their communities, they're traveling. And there's no freaking way that you're the same person every single day at work as you are with your best friend from elementary school as you are when you're traveling like I think that women we all have to give ourselves a little bit of a break Mm -hmm. and just be able to like be wild and crazy sometimes and be not wild and crazy other times Well, you know, I wrote in Girl Boss about putting the labels on the bags over so carefully and mm-hmm. just being creative with everything that you do, including the stuff that can seem like menial tasks like labeling. It's um, exciting when you get a good looking package and it, box. It really is. And ShipStation.com wants to help you get there. They automatically import your orders with one easy to use interface and help you choose the right carrier to get the lowest rate for every package. It's super easy to create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS right from your computer. You can even manage, ship, and track your orders on the go from your smartphone or tablet with the ShipStation mobile app. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. That's kind of amazing. Liz, why don't you tell us, our listeners, what they can get from (coughs) ShipStation today? Right now, you can try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free. Only if you use offer code GIRLBOSS. Woohoo! Woohoo! Don't wait. So for those of us who don't know what Rent the Runway is, can you tell us? Rent the Runway basically allows you to rent designer clothes, and we allow you to rent designer clothes in two ways. The first way is a la carte. So let's say you have a specific event. You can come to the site and find a dress. We'll send it to you in two sizes to ensure the perfect fit. You could accessorize that dress with jewelry or a handbag, and you'll have it for your event. And we take care of the dry cleaning and we take care of the shipping. The other way that you can utilize Rent the Runway is via a subscription to fashion. So we just recently launched this. You can pay $139 a month. You receive three items at a time. 
you of your choosing and you can swap those items an unlimited number of times throughout the month and basically have a wardrobe on rotation and all of the shipping and all of the dry cleaning is free. So for $139 a month, you get access to hundreds of thousands of designer tops, dresses, skirts, coats, handbags, jackets, jewelry, everything and anything you could think of. It's literally, I took the concept from Cher Horowitz's closet in Clueless Uh and I decided to create it in real life. What was it that really led you to starting, you know, a company so innovative, so unique, like Rent the Runway? Well, the story that led me to Rent the Runway is that I was home in New York City at my sister's apartment, and she had just gone to a store and bought a $2,000 Marquesa red gown to wear to a wedding that put her into credit card debt. At the time, she was making around $60,000 a year as a buyer at Bloomingdale's. And she had decided to buy this fabulous dress. And I was with her in her apartment staring at her closet that was filled with designer dresses she had only worn once. And as her responsible older sister, I started teasing her and basically screaming at her like, what? the F is wrong with you, how come you don't wear one of these dresses again? And her response was, you know, all of these dresses are dead to me. I've been photographed in them. The photographs are up on Facebook. I need something new. This was pre-Instagram. And I realized at that moment that we weren't even talking about a dress. What we were talking about was that moment when she walked into the party where she would feel confident, where she would be wearing something that was aspirational to her, that she would be wearing something that was different than what she normally wore and how powerful that would make her feel. And then what we were also talking about was the photograph that would exist of her in that outfit that she would later use to brand herself to her Mm -hmm. thousands of friends on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized, you know, what if we could just rent clothes for the 28 special occasions on average that women have per year. And those occasions range from things like weddings and New Year's Eve parties to job interviews and dates and college reunions. So that was the initial concept. And it was really simple because I thought the customer value proposition was really clear. Like every woman, no matter what your income is or where you live, you have just closets filled with dead dresses that you've Mm -hmm. only worn once. So I decided to figure out if designers thought that this was a good idea. So had the idea on a Saturday night with my sister Becky. On Monday morning, I went back to Harvard Business School. I happened to have lunch that day with my friend Jenny. She said the idea sounded fun. She asked me, you know, who do you think we should call for insight about the idea? I said, what about Dan von Furstenberg? She's like, do you know DVF? And I was like, obviously, I don't know DVF, but we could probably figure out what her email address is. So I composed an email to DVF, cold Mm -hmm. called her, basically, or cold emailed her, and said, I'm a woman at Harvard Business School. I have an idea for a business. Can I come in and get your feedback? And this is where kind of luck factors into the situation. She answered the email in 28 point hot pink bubble font and said yeah it is amazing she said i'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m 
So Jenny and I put on our DVF dresses. We drove back from Boston to New York. We got our hair done and our nails did, and we walked into DVF's office, and I introduced myself as the co-founder of Rent the Runway. Wow. And so that was about, you know, two days after having the idea. And I said, you know, we're going to take your current season inventory, and we want to rent it for about 10% of the price when it's still in stores. What do you think? And she absolutely hated the idea. (laughs) She was like this is going to ruin my brand. It's going to cannibalize all my retail sales. And by the way, who do you think you are? Like, I've never met you before. You're not in the fashion industry. But we ended up asking her a lot of questions about what scared her about the idea and what she didn't like. And she was really gracious. She spent about an hour and a half, two hours with us, telling us the things that she was scared of. And by the end of the conversation, she said something that became the thesis of our business. She said, you know, most of my customers are in their 50s. And most people believe that my customers are in their 20s because that's Mm -hmm. what I want them to believe. But if you can make me relevant to anyone under the age of 50, that might be interesting to me and I might work with you. And I thought, wow. There's a customer acquisition problem in the designer fashion industry where young women are not buying designer fashion. And it's, it's for multiple reasons. It's partly because they can't afford to buy designer fashion, but it's also partly because amazing businesses mm-hmm. like Nasty Gal exist. And it's also because they've just been trained differently like people aren't walking into department stores with the same frequency that they used to 20 or 30 years ago Mm -hmm. so that leads itself to a big problem for designer brands so I realized you know what we could give millions of young women access to these designer brands that they hear about through pop culture and we can totally increase the total addressable market for fashion. What were the next steps for you in making this happen? So my co-founder Jenny and I had a very action orientation where we never wrote a business plan. We never kind of sat down and thought about strategy. We just started testing things. So the first thing that we did was we went to stores and to our friends And we bought about 100 dresses and borrowed another 50 and decided to have some pop-up shops where we wanted to figure out, will women rent dresses? And what designers will they rent? And how much will they pay? What kinds of occasions will they rent them for? And after they rent them, will they come back destroyed? Can you Mm -hmm. mail a dress through the mail? All Mm -hmm. of these questions that we were able to answer through doing it. I think that's really important for our listeners to remember that we didn't all start with a million dollars in the bank and like a giant business plan. And Nasty Gal's very much in that same boat where eBay was that breeding ground of, hmm, you know, what are the... What are the possibilities? What are people interested in? How can I present this? What works? What doesn't work? And and just having a philosophy of if you have an idea and you have a vision for something, just jumping into the deep end of the pool and trying it and mm-hmm. really being as close to the customer as possible. So the thing that was the most incredible and probably the moment that influenced Rent the Runway brand 
the most is at our first pop-up shop, two girls walked into the pop-up shop and they ran across the room to a silver sequin Tory Burch dress, which happened to mm-hmm. be there, which at the time was called the Tory Burch celebrity dress. And all the Kardashians were wearing it. So it was like mm-hmm. kind of a famous dress at the time. So they ran over to this dress. One of the two girls stripped in front of a, of a room of like 100 people. Mm-hmm. She put on this dress and her whole demeanor changed. She threw back her shoulders, she flipped her hair, she looked at herself in the mirror, she turned to her friend and she was like, I look so hot. (laughs) (laughs) And I turned to Jenny at that moment and I was like, this is our business. This is our company. Our company is giving women that moment where you walk into the room and you feel like you can kind of take on the world. And I really think that that goes not just for a party, but it goes for your everyday life where the days when you go to work and you feel like a badass, those are the days when things happen. You know, making sure that our business was not just about saving money. It could have easily been a brand that was pitching itself to women as don't buy a dress, rent a dress for 90% off. Like Mm -hmm. that could have been what Rent the Runway was. But I decided, Mm -hmm. you know what? Rent the Runway is going to be about having these incredible moments with fashion and that it was going to be something emotional and it was going to be something cool. And how that's translated into the business growth and success is that over 95% of our customers from the beginning of the business have been driven via word of mouth. And women are going to work every day and they're going to parties and they're going to events and they're renting the runway. They're getting complimented by all of their friends and they tell Mm -hmm. all their friends, oh my God, I rented the runway. It's so smart. It makes me feel so great. You should do it too. That's the best is when someone goes to a party and the coolest thing to say is like, you know, thanks for the compliment. It's not even my dress. It just sounds like you can take a compliment. Yeah, you can take a compliment so much more humbly than being like, thanks, I like it too. Well, I think that there's something that's so much cooler now about showing how smart you are as opposed to how rich you are. Like it would kind of be considered gross if (laughs) you that whole MTV Cribs philosophy of like, look at my closet with my thousand pairs of shoes. It's like, that's kind of tacky today Mm -hmm. to do something like that, as opposed to showing how you're being smart and smart about how you spend your money and you're being eco-conscious and you're being thoughtful. So when I'm around a lot of wealthy people, they will brag about how they take an Uber car to get from Mm -hmm. place to place as opposed to, you know, driving their car. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a symbol of how culture has changed where people are being a lot more intentional about what they buy. Squarespace is amazing. Uh, I built the girlboss.com website on it. Which you can go to now and subscribe to the Girlboss Diary newsletter. With Squarespace, you can make beautiful websites that make it look like you paid a designer a bazillion dollars, but you can do it yourself. They have a bunch of incredible templates, and it's super easy to use. You can customize pretty much anything. You can connect to a Shopify. That's cool. I paid somebody to do my website, so this would be really nice to not have to pay somebody. You can get a free domain if you sign up for a year, which is awesome. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code GIRLBOSS to get 10% off your first purchase. Woohoo! Boom! 
you've done so well. You've built a really sizable business. You've raised money from investors in a time when no one else is. Something has to scare you. Like what keeps you up at night? One of the things that scares me is that we have raised $126 million and we have built a big business and we don't have any competitors and we're the only ones in the fashion space that has this concept of, you know, I, I have this really big vision for Rent the Runway where I really believe that every woman in this country should have a subscription to fashion and have mm -hmm. our closets in the cloud, just like our music is in the cloud via Spotify and our entertainment is in the cloud via Netflix. And the fear is that if this vision doesn't happen, you know, it's all my fault. Isn't it happening though? I well, mean, geez, you have no competitors and you've raised... But the fear is bigger. It's that I feel very lucky and appreciative that I've been given this opportunity. There are mm -hmm. millions of smart women out there who have incredible vision and dreams for new businesses that should exist in the world. And very few of them actually are able to have the the opportunity and the money and the funding and the and the faith that I've been given. So there's been a lot mm -hmm. of luck that I'm very appreciative for in my life. And, and some of that luck I made happen, but some of it like, you know, Don von Furstenberg responding to my email or mm -hmm. getting my first VC round. Like I found out that Bain Capital was the first investor who wrote me a check and invested in, in Rent the Runway. And I found out that the lead investor from Bain Capital was on vacation the day that I pitched. And had he been there, it was unlikely that we would have raised money from them. Wow. So just thinking about that, you know, I think about all of the women who have not had the opportunity to be in my position. And I feel that my turning Rent the Runway into a multi-billion dollar company is required so that more women are given a chance to fulfill totally. their own dreams. Totally. I feel the same way. And I think it's extra terrifying to put yourself on the cover of a book called Girl Boss and then like become <laughs> the girl boss and then be like, oh my God, what if it all goes to hell? Yeah, once you have a platform, there's a responsibility. And I think that's a really, really special and also unique thing, unfortunately rare for women. I, I think the other really interesting and crazy piece of this whole journey has been that I became an entrepreneur and you became an entrepreneur like right at the cusp when the world started caring about or thinking mm -hmm. about entrepreneurs and yeah. suddenly entrepreneurs are household names and they're on the covers of magazines and books and people know not just Rent the Runway but they know me and they know you and it's just been interesting. I don't really mm -hmm. have an opinion about it. I just think it's like a weird and wacky part of, of it's life. It's totally, it's totally, totally wacky. And then you just keep doing it. And you're like, this is still wacky. I'm still doing this. Like, what am I? Who, who do people think I am? Right. <laughs> or whatever. I'm just going to go back to work. Okay. Do you believe in balance? I think that the word balance is kind of bullshit. Uh -huh. You know, like, what the hell do people expect? They want you to, like, have this amazing career and amazing love life and amazing social life and be in perfect shape and always look fantastic and be taking your requisite sleep and vacations. It's like, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen in any mm -mm. reality. I think that to me, happiness is 
first of all, appreciating the moment, appreciating the adventure that you're on, understanding that different periods of time and different years, you're going to be lopsided in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because it'll all like balance out in the end. Mm -hmm. But not putting as much pressure that every day has to be this perfectly formulated day where you're spending X amount of hours with your loved ones and X amount of hours with your family and, you know, X amount at work. Like, it just feels too contrived. So I'm going to ask three final questions. And these are questions that I ask every one of our guests. And the first one is, if you could power brunch with any woman, who would it be and why? Well, it's obviously Oprah. I I continue to be obsessed with her. I feel that she's just the quintessential girl boss in my mind. And Mm -hmm. I also miss having something that I can watch every single day that would like kind of make me cry, like kind of inspire me, kind of make me cry. I was such a nerd from the time I was like 12 years old. I would make my mom tape Oprah every single day on VHS and whenever I got home from like middle school or high school I would watch it and it was so weird because I'd watch all these you know 40 year old women or 50 year old women going on the show talking about whatever their issues were but it was like a religious spiritual experience for me and actually one of the key moments where I became excited about being an entrepreneur was I was 16 and I was watching Oprah and I saw this girl on Oprah who was in her 20s and she came onto the show and she was beautiful and she was charismatic and she looked like she was wearing nice clothes and she had just launched a company called WeddingChannel.com and this woman's name is Jessica Heron and she now runs Stella and Dot And I remember watching her as a 16-year-old and being like, oh, my God, she's just such a normal person. Like, I could do this, too. I could be an entrepreneur, too. So it's so interesting how that kind of led me on this journey to entrepreneurship. Oprah, if you're listening, I hope you're listening. Oprah, come on. I'm in New York. You can see me easily with Gail. I got Oprah. So we have our listeners tweet in their girl boss moments. And a girl boss moment can be... I had my first bubble bath ever, or I got a promotion, or I started a company, or it's the point in your week where you felt like you owned your life. Jen, what would your girl boss moment be for like the last week? Okay, well, my girl boss moment of the week was I rewrote the lyrics to Blank Space by Taylor Swift, and I got up in front of my company and sang to a woman who's been working at Rent the Runway for six years, I gave her this award where she can take a dream vacation anywhere she wants in the world. And I got up with eight other people from the company and sang this ridiculous song to her about all the things she's done at Rent the Runway over the last six years. And it was this girl boss moment because it was the kind of environment that I want to be in where we could be silly and ridiculous and, you know, appreciate amazing team members and like laugh about all these funny things that have happened so it was like a recreating like what does a girl boss mean to me I've never had a model of a boss who stood up in front of a company and like sang Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift but Mm -hmm. I'm doing it are you a good singer this is your Broadway moment my Broadway moment oh I'm okay (laughs) Uh, okay last question you have so much to share 
what would your advice be to to the girls who are listening who you know who may be starting their business who may have a small business who may be may have a sizable business but you know are looking to to people like you and me for like well you know how does this shit work my number one piece of advice is no does not mean no no means not right now mm-hmm. and people are too easily stopped in their tracks by someone else's no, someone else's opinion, someone else's negative energy. It's like, you know what? I could have stopped this entire idea of Rent the Runway by the hundreds of designers who slammed the door in my face and said things like, hell will burn over before we work with Rent the Runway. Now Mm -hmm. all of whom are partners of Rent the Runway and like loving it. And my Mm -hmm. response to them was, thanks so much for your feedback. I'll be back in three months and like I'll give you an update. Like, I just don't feel that you have to stop at what you're passionate about. Now, where the caveat comes is when someone tells you no, you should be listening to why they're telling you no. And you Mm -hmm. should actually be asking them a lot more questions. Most people, when you're turned down for a job, when you're turned down for an opportunity, people are like, well, thank you very much. And they walk away. That Mm -hmm. is the moment when I dig in and I'm like, oh, like, why was I turned down for this opportunity? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. tell me more so that I could change myself and and improve and modify the business that I'm working on so that it could be a better fit. Yeah. Beating down people's doors for the solutions. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been so, so wonderful having you on the show. I love what you're doing and we need to spend more time together. Yes. Well, on your next trip to New York, we need to get a group of fun girls and just spend time together. All right, that was Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with National Domestic Workers Alliance Director I. Jen Poo, so please tune in. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Kristen Meisner, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And if you haven't read Girl Boss, do it now. You can buy it at nastygal.com, Amazon, or anywhere books are sold. Go pre-order Nasty Galaxy on Amazon and sign up for the Girl Boss newsletter girl boss diary it's just me piddling around in mailchimp hoping that i can start a media business out of it and please let us know what you think of the show you can find us on twitter or instagram at girl boss lots of inspiring stuff there our email address is info at girlboss.com and you can find me at sophia amoruso that's s-o-p-h-i-a-a-m-o-r-u-s-o on twitter and instagram and snapchat and if you like the show please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in itunes stitcher the spotify app or your favorite podcast app and don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe thanks also to the band phases for our theme song and to my husband joel jarctograph for our interstitial jam i'm sophia amoruso i'll talk to you next week (laughs) 